Hello and thanks for joining us for another episode of the Alternative London Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Means. In this episode, I chat to artist, animator and filmmaker Joe Peel. Joe and Alternative London and our gallery Unit 5 have worked together on various projects over the years and she is someone that I really respect and admire. Joe's paintings of the built environment have documented the ever-changing landscape of East London, so we talk about some of those changes and her work in general. Now before Joe, there were very few female artists in the street art scene, so we talk about how that journey has been from her perspective. Joe is currently in London from her native Sheffield to exhibit at the Other Art Fair, so I'm really grateful that she took a bit of time to duck out and record this chat with us. So, here it is, the Alternative London podcast with Joe Peel. Oh, that's real good. So, here we go. Hiya. Hi there, how you doing? Good, are you alright? Yeah, good, thanks. Just straight out of the other art fair, how's how's that going? Yeah, it's going good. It's um, It's been a long time since I've done an art fair. I think the last one was like Monica Art Fair back in... 2014 was it um, wow yes yeah, so it's quite a long time ago that's so, a long time ago isn't it yeah i've just like since um i've stopped doing monica i haven't really done a art fair so no. and it's interesting to sort of look at the other art fair um when I, well i said i didn't do an art fair i was part of a group exhibition by ida Wild and Echo. Who is coming on the podcast. A fantastic. Great guest. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, we were in a group exhibition at the last one in October and I was just really impressed at the art fair and the quality of the work and I thought it would be a nice thing to uh, to do. Yeah, I saw you there and I was, I was equally impressed as well because previously, like you mentioned the Monaco art fair, and um, we used to kind of be involved in that as well. That it was founded by Frankie back in the day, and it was kind of. Do you reckon it was kind of the original, like sort of urban version of an art fair, or like the kind of alternative to an art fair? It probably was, wasn't it? I felt like it in the UK at least. I guess I, yeah. don't, I don't know the history of. No, I don't know much of the history of art fairs. But but it felt like something kind of new and groundbreaking at the time. And then it used to be a village underground. It moved into the Truman Brewery. And alongside the moniker at the Truman Brewery, there was the other art fair. Exactly. And because I was always... We used to, like, run tours where we'd, like, do the murals from the art fair and talk about the artists in the fair as well. So we used to do, like, an inside-outside tour. So because we were doing that, we were kind of always all consumed by Monica. And the other art fair, it was like, oh, I'll have a quick look, little look around and see what's there. But it was always so big and so much. I didn't really um, ever look at it that much. But last year, um, when you were there with, with Ida, we had a proper look around, and it, and it seemed really good. I haven't been this year yet, but I'm going to go after this. Um, and it seems like it's a really, like, decent event. Yeah, I feel like it's really grown and yeah. like, you know, it's like, I guess there was a little bit of competition when like Monica was like there and like the other art fair was over the bar and it was a bit like, I don't know. We yeah. just Two like, art fairs like sharing yeah, the same space. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's really coming to its own and it's like, yeah, it feels professional and, uh, good. and good. It's yeah. a good space to be and actually 
one of the nicest things that I found about exhibiting there is that everyone is so friendly. It's that sort of like well-trodden sort of idea that like, oh, everyone's so nice and you hear it and you're like, oh yeah, I'm sh- whatever. And then like when it's actually true, it's just amazing. Like, yeah, it's good buzz, Everyone's so it? supportive of each other. There's no, it's not, it doesn't feel like competitive or like each for themselves. It's like everyone wants everyone to do well. So that's really nice. Yeah, I suppose like the scope of the work there is like so broad as well that it seems that pretty much everyone there I think is doing something really unique. So it's not like you've got people doing very similar things and competing for the same space. Yeah, you're not competing for the same audience. So it's like, yeah, if someone's looking at someone else's work and not yours, you're like, well, they just like that sort of work better. And it's like, yeah, there's sort of really high quality work, but of so many different styles. And yeah, I guess like it just makes it quite interesting in terms of like you just don't know who's going to connect with your work. I think we're in a really good time at the minute. I think like for um, art and street art at the minute, I felt like maybe things kind of dipped a little bit or we always thought the best days were kind of behind us. But I really feel that we're living through a really, a really like strong moment, I think, at the minute. It feels that way. I think it's an interesting phase. I think the um, ability for artists to really create an identity on their own without um, necessarily being represented by a gallery is like become more possible and mm. so like there's like an accessibility in terms of being able to like create your own identity and just get on with your work without having to fit into the boxes that people feel that you need to be in and mm. I think that really shows it the other art fair with so many different types of work you know it's like people like work on what they want to work on and it doesn't have to fit into like a certain curator's idea of what something needs to be and I think that gives a bit of scope for people to do some really experimental stuff yeah for sure you're you're representing yourself though are you yeah everyone at the other art fair is representing themselves so it's like that's that makes it kind of special and unique in itself I suppose doesn't it yeah I think it's um yeah it's an interesting way to sort of reach an audience yeah your work in itself, like you're saying, like everyone's kind of got their own style. You've you've got like a definite style. Like as soon as you see a Joe Peel, like you, if if anyone's seen like one or two pieces of your work, they see another one and they know it's you. And that's like an amazing thing to have, isn't it? But your work is like, well, you're saying since like 2014, but like since I've known you, I don't know how long, I don't know when I met you. Probably about, I don't know. Around that time, maybe actually, yeah, maybe a probably bit like one of yeah, the earlier Monica. Yeah, and I thought your work was sick then, but it's developed so much now. Yeah, what's kind of happened over over that period of time, like kind of in a nutshell? Do you reckon? Like, because you've done, um, I think it's just it's the sort of journey of making art every day, and yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's gonna develop. It's gonna like, um, I think, yeah, my sort of clarity of vision stronger I'm getting better at understanding why I make the work that I make and so um why do you make the work that you make um <laughs> good question I'm like yeah I understand that I'm getting better at no yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah but I know sure. I do understand that why I make the work that I, I make think, I think actually the work that you the work that you do make which is very much focused on the built environment I think maybe when I first met you I think that's something that we kind of maybe bonded over a little bit that we're both very interested in the kind of heritage of like built space and um, the and the change of built space as well exactly like gentrification and the community yeah. aspect of that the real sort of people on the ground um 
element of like what gentrification means but also I think yeah another thing that we bonded over was like this sort of um this sort of changing narrative within gentrification it has so many narratives running through it and I think um it's really interesting for me to see like in somewhere like Sheffield the gentrification there that people a lot of people see that as a positive thing you know like in mm. terms of like oh we've got these new coffee shops and like um there's more people moving to the area and, and it's like you know it's not always a bad thing it's a very complicated um discussion and like what makes it so fascinating is that for me and mm. that and it sort of brings back into everything to do with like how we live you know it's like socio-political arguments of um how we should live and how we should work together and you know all of those things because it's complicated when you're in a city because not everyone wants the same thing and um not everyone likes the same thing and i just yeah yeah and when things are built they last for a very very long time so yeah you know if you like something or don't like something you're just going to have to accept that it's going to be around for like a very long time yeah generally speaking and there's lots of different reasons that lead people to the choice of how they build things and why they build things. And yeah, you know, I think I'm. A, I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of a slower movement in terms of building and thinking about things and and really thinking about the future. I think the like it can be quite problematic when things are built not yeah. to last or yeah. not built for the people that actually have shaped that area into how it actually is yeah and that's where yeah the displacement bit comes in which yeah. i think is pretty much always a bad thing and that actually leads on to maybe you moving out of east london like you were here for a long time and you were quite a big part of the street art movement here really and you were i suppose became established in london didn't you yeah i definitely i worked alongside a lot of um really amazing artists here and i yeah worked in the I mean, what's amazing is, like, being back down here, it just feels like I never left, you know, all yeah. the same people and we're just all s still friends and, like, talking and, you know, it's like, yeah, it felt like an exciting time and, yeah, I loved loved being here and still yeah. love coming to visit. It's like, yeah, it's a place that will always be um, part of me, I guess. Like, yeah. Like, everywhere I've lived, it's... Yeah. And it's, it's amazing, like, how your work kind of documents it as well, isn't it, about, like, that moment in time as well it's like archiving isn't it it is and I think one like really poignant part of the development of this area for me was the East London line being built straight through and I, and again that's like it feeds into that same narrative that I'm interested in which is that when I get on those trains they're just so great you know you're getting from A to B in a clean and efficient way and it's fantastic but what's come with that is that the flat that I lived in at the time that they were ball holing outside my window and I could barely hear for like my ears ringing as soon as the development had finished they chucked us all out and redeveloped the flat and put the rent like tripled the rent because with ease and convenience and a better life comes people who can afford that life yeah yeah so it's a really interesting part of this area i think the east london line i think pretty much every mural you've painted in east london the building has now been demolished but everything that is that true yeah the of, past ones everything yeah, that sure. you've done like when you first did like 
Curtain Road, when you did the old children's mm-hmm. hospital, when you did our space actually yeah. in the red market. <gasps> I walked past there yesterday. I can't believe it. It is. I went past there the other day, I and I was like, "This is <laughs> mental." So, for anyone that doesn't know that little area, um, that there was a space called the Red Market, which used to be the foundry, which was kind of like it was founded by Jonathan Mobley, and it was kind of probably the the start of kind of creative Shoreditch, really. And then it was run as like a kind of multidisciplinary space and had a yard. And we, we had a double-decker bus there that was like our first kind of, our first home. And we got kicked out because the space got developed. And they're building a art hotel there. Um, but they've basically taken away all the artist studios and kicked out all the artists to make like this art hotel. Um, and, and yeah, again, the, the scale of it is just quite... It, it, if you haven't, if you were kind of, if you spent a lot of time there and you haven't been there, and then you go back to it, you see it and it's kind of jarring. It's like a surprise, isn't it? It was a big building there before. That yeah. was that's what's amazing. It was on this corner and it was, you know, like I think it is like the biggest. Well, it's definitely the biggest animated mural I've ever made. It's mm. like yeah, four stories high was it, or five and like just yeah. huge, huge building and yeah. like. Whereas now it's like, like, and it's still uh, getting bigger. It just keeps going up and up. Yeah, and it's like this big cylinder called an art hotel that, like, as if any artists are going to be able to stay there. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. But you know, it's like I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it's gonna what it's gonna be like. Yeah, that whole little bit of area. I don't go down there as much, but it is. Um, it used to be really exciting, and it, I just cycled through it the other day, and maybe it's because it was quiet, it was a Sunday morning or something, but it just felt a bit boring. I was like, oh, that's so sad that somewhere that used to be so alive feels so mm. dead and vacant. We've done quite a few projects and stuff over the years, but like that one, that was kind of standout, wasn't it? Because you painted the bus and then you painted the wall as a stop motion animation. That was like a, a big challenge at the time wasn't it a big feat yeah especially because no one had really done that in London had they yeah not um because obviously Blade does like those huge animations which are amazing and um yeah I'd done the one on Village Underground previous Mm -hmm. to that it was a big big old space I was like oh yeah the just a double decker bus as well as the building and the shipping containers and uh yeah I think like what made it even more difficult was the uh that sort of coldest march on record snow snap that uh, yeah, yeah froze the paint we were like up on the cherry picker like wobbling in the wind just trying to paint something and it never drying which is yeah. hard for stop frame because you always have to re- like paint it out and repaint yeah, it so many times that sometimes the paint becomes this sort of like floppy layer on the wall that's like almost like if you touched it it could just fall off yeah like, yeah I remember, like, I kind of always admired your your work and you, but then as soon as, like, I was sat on that warm, cosy bus working <laughs> and I could see out of the windows you literally out there, like, with your assistants, freezing your tits off in the, in the snow every day, like, all day, I was like, man, she is something else like my level of yeah my respect my level of respect for you went up like massively I was like wow you are you are dedicated and you're gonna get this done and it was amazing yeah it was great to see wasn't it yeah, I guess maybe great to see. Oh yeah, great to see. Maybe, maybe not so You're great like, to be doing it. Was doing absolutely it. fucking it was, awful. I was, uh, it was ama- it was amazing. I mean, that's it. Like when I'm uh, in the middle of an animation, it's like 
it's like the only place I want to be at that time mm-hmm. like especially when it's outside like because the light sort of changes so much like you can't have an hour off because then if you go back then the light could you know have changed so much that you've got this like idiosyncrasies in the like um the process so it's like yeah like painting a mural is one thing doing it with a stop motion animation is just something like you've got to wrap your head around something totally yeah. different haven't you you're doing film now as well aren't you yeah I've just um, a short film I made a film last January during lockdown which mm-hmm. was um, my first sort of live action and animation film um, and so I mixed the two and like I did the animation inside um, mainly because it just sort of worked better for the because it was set inside a flat and so like the animation like sort of crawled up the wall of the flat mm. And um, and it did mean I could control it a bit better. I was doing it in January as well. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I sort of hand built all the sets, and um, it's something that I'm wanting to do more of, like getting the uh, live action into into the paint, like sort of blending these sort of because I don't really ever put people in my paintings, and that's a deliberate thing. Oh, but yeah. then to like create these backdrops and worlds, and then put people into them. It's a really interesting yeah. thing for me. Yeah, because because the, the your painting, I suppose, over the over the years, has become much more more realistic and much more painterly. Hasn't yeah, it, for sure. Bit, yeah. Um, but then in the in the film and the animation, it's still got that kind of I don't know how to describe it, but something if you put a real person into it, it all of a sudden doesn't look very real anymore. Yeah, you know, it sta- really stands out doesn't it that I think effect. that's it and it's like for me it's like finding that line between like yeah like like cartoonish I suppose like mm. it, but then like yeah with like an, a sort of edge where it's like slightly surreal have you found that have you found like directing as opposed to like just doing like animation where you don't have to like work with people absolutely love that amazing yeah just um and making the soundtrack as well, like working yeah. on the music and like really sort Did of thinking. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know I that. Wrote the song and the lyrics to the song. Oh, wow. And got someone to perform the the actual singing, but um, oh, that's yeah. amazing, Joe. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna um, the guy that I made the soundtrack with. I'm gonna work with him on the next one as well. Wicked. And, uh, Have you got the next one planned? Yeah, I've written the script. I've got a producer. Can use this, uh, work with the same DOP as last time, Jordan mm-hmm. Carroll. Applying for some funding at the moment, so uh, you know, fingers crossed. Talking about funding and stuff like that, like since you moved back to Sheffield, I suppose you you came from Sheffield. Then am I right? You went to Falmouth to yeah, study. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then you came to London. Yeah. And kind of, like you said, kind of established yourself. So when you went back to Sheffield, you kind of went back as someone who'd I suppose someone who kind of left Sheffield and made it and then come back to the city and then I think like from Sheffield like council and their kind of art institutions they like support you don't they quite a lot they love you and they kind of yeah they do Sheffield's a a really supportive city for for artists and it's really nice to sort of like yeah be part of that that scene I suppose and like yeah I think like the whole of the north has a you know it often gets sidelined by um that idea of that you have to be in London to yeah. be anyone or be do anything is like it's still prevalent, and um, so it's nice to like try and try and fight that a bit. Unfortunately, in London, like space is just not available um, no. on that level, and so yeah, like being somewhere that you have 
space and you have like a lot of other artists as well to sort of bounce ideas off is great yeah your space is amazing actually isn't it yeah like the, um, you just like you say like to get a studio like yours in Sheffield is very difficult and like, I'm, I'm hoping that like post pandemic these things might change a little bit because there's kind of space coming up available here that just wasn't in the past oh, really? and, yeah I think people aren't going back they're not in such a hurry to go back and work in the office anymore. That's interesting. So, I so think maybe there'll be office spaces available for maybe. artists. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Like, I was thinking the area was quieting down and stuff and things weren't getting back to normal, but I've just rode through Shoreditch to get here today and it's mayhem. It's, like, back to pre-pandemic. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. I mean, the sun's out and it's a... Is it Friday? Saturday night. So... But it is, like, absolutely heaving again. Yeah. So I think this kind of slow recovery that we were thinking was going to happen here might actually be a little bit quicker but I don't know but yeah like you say Sheffield's kind of um it's it's got things about it that are kind of attractive and that's kind of a shame that London um has pushed itself has allowed itself to get to a point especially areas like this where the very things and the very people that kind of shaped it into how it is can't afford to be part of that conversation anymore and uh doing stuff in other cities and other cities are benefiting from all the stuff that kind of was was here basically yeah no I think it's really interesting because I think yeah you sort of get to the point where you know to work sort of non-commercially as an artist it's like it was just very difficult to have like Mm. a studio space and somewhere to live and to be able to take risks because I think you know in order to take risks you have to be able to occasionally not make some money you know yeah. like inter- yeah. especially my animations and films like yeah. it's months of work yeah where it comes from having a foundation there doesn't it yeah. that you can work from exactly yeah. and being a mother as well and having yeah. a family yeah like having to actually be able to be a full-time artist and spend time with your absolutely with your kid, which you know? is so important yeah and yeah being able to you know, go to take her to school, pick her up, all the things that, yeah, have those days off that are just so important. Like, yeah. while she's young, to, like, yeah. Um, yeah, be part of, like, not, like, an absent sort of mm. parent always, like, at work, like, to, like, balance that and be able... And I think, yeah, that is... It's something that's so nice in Sheffield to be able to live so close to where I work and so, you know, yeah. can, like, drop her at school, go to the studio, like... Come back, you know. So luckily, she's got family in London as well, so you can both come yeah, down and like exactly. have, have time back here as well. So, I think it's been it's been really nice for from my perspective anyway to to always kind of see you coming back and doing projects here and having shows and doing walls and stuff. That's been nice. But motherhood is something that seems to have come like naturally to you, hasn't it? It's something that you seem to really enjoy. Luckily, yeah. Luckily, no, like, okay. shit I know. Also, like, it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that didn't work out. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, yeah, absolutely love it. I think um, it was something I questioned a lot. I think being a female artist, it's... Um, it felt daunting. It mm. felt it felt like a big thing, and that you know you're sort of like, oh, if you have a child, like I remember like being pregnant and like people sort of saying that if you're pregnant that you your creativity like you'd sort of like maybe like baby brain or whatever it is like you can't like have creative thoughts anymore. And I was actually scared of that, and I was mm. like, 
and then that you're like I don't think that's the case like yeah I I think it's possible to be both of those things it's like but you know there's these prejudices that we don't even realise are ingrained in us like Mm. from you know our societal background and yeah I was pleased to discover that you can paint murals whilst pregnant you can have a child and still think and do and you know and uh, yeah it's uh, it's been a great journey getting to know her and uh, yeah yeah yeah, like you say, being a being a female artist as well, it must be really challenging at times. We've we've kind of had these conversations before about it, haven't we? And um, how do you kind of find navigating the art world? So much easier now. I yeah. feel like things are really changing, and it's like um, I think I found it hard when things first started changing because I realised how hard it had been previously, and there was definitely like yeah, if you, like a bit of time where I was just it felt a bit traumatic. If I'm honest, like it was like oh, I just thought I was a bit crap. I thought, like, the reason I didn't get opportunities was just because I wasn't good enough. And, like, and then, like, suddenly, like, people are sort of including you in things and, like, you know, and you're like, it's not, I don't think my work's, it's not that. Like, yeah, it was something else and, you know. Mm. And it's so hard to sort of know or sort of define these things, but they're just tiny. And, you know, I, I don't think it's, like, people's fault it's like it was everyone's fault it was my you know like I had so many things ingrained in me from patriarchal upbringing I don't know it's really hard to sort of put in a nutshell it's a whole yeah it's a big conversation isn't it but but I think the fact that it's changing is like amazing and like the fact that like I used to sort of enjoy the fact that I could hide behind my name being vaguely androgynous to people who don't realise that the boy spelling has an E on the end you know, people would be like, oh, I thought you were a guy. And you'd be like, huh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's funny, because I wondered how I got in this shape. But I, I think, it, from my perspective, it feels like, um, but obviously, what do I know? But I, it just seems that women are taken a little bit more seriously now. Yeah, I but think. I think you did, yeah, it's not like, what do I, and that's like, I think this is problematic with all of these things of like, if men, men can't be taken out of the conversation about how women feel in the yeah. same way that like white people shouldn't be taken out of the equation of how people of colour feel you know Mm. we all sort of like we can recognise things we've all done and like patterns that we've fallen into and we just like I think we can all see how society's um, changing for the better and but if like we have to be able to like all talk about it and not like other you know say like oh sorry for being a man so like you know it's like it's not about that it's like it's a bigger conversation and I think yeah one of the things that I realised like I set up an all-female art group during um, lockdown because I realised that one of the reasons that like men were getting more opportunities wasn't like because they were deliberately leaving women out they were just like all the guys were mates and they were all like hanging out together and giving each other opportunities because that's what mates do and then, like, so it was like, you're not so... And then it was like, oh, can I be the token female? And then the women were all, went, were all sort of fighting against each other almost to be yeah. that one woman in the show. Mm. Um, and so by, like, women working together and creating, like, um, groups of support to support each other, they can, like, like, help platform each other and, like, lift up to that level where, like, guys are already just naturally without having to, like... Yeah. Yeah, really think about it. Such a good show, isn't it? It's like such a simple, such a simple thing, but s- such a like big, like important, like move, isn't it? To yeah. Make. Yeah. I suppose if more people just do like 
lots of little things like that, then hopefully the know what they say the big things will take care of themselves yeah little things yeah just that feeling of like being taken seriously and not being like the sort of like girl yeah yeah the token the token yeah group no one wants to be that no no but i don't yeah i think generally it seems like your um your work is kind of in its own sort of place now and it kind of comes with its own sort of pedigree and its own sort of reputation now that like I don't think it just doesn't get really questioned anymore it's just like okay this is Joe Peel and like she's a decent artist who tells work oh, nice. I think maybe <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. know that's kind of how it feels it's hard yeah it's hard I don't really know it's hard to know isn't it like yeah the, that sort of perception because obviously I'm I'm pretty big to myself I'm around myself every day so yeah, yeah I'm like well yeah I, yeah it's really hard to know like how you're perceived outside of that because I sort of know my work, work inside out and so yeah it's really it's, it's interesting to see different places that like where people do recognize my work and mm-hmm. where people are still come into it completely fresh you know like where some of the favorite places you've painted around the world like you're a big fan of like Japan Japan absolutely yeah Japan's like my number one like how's your Japanese coming along uh okay (laughs) (laughs) I won't be doing any on on, (laughs) no I still I I meet my tutor once a week and we talk we we can now have conversations um at the table and so like yeah I think when he speaks too fast I get a bit flustered and like but it's quite I think my Japanese is quite amusing so we talk about like films and like work and like yeah yeah like always saying things about you know we're talking like about cultural things and like all that sort of stuff and then like yeah I think if I found myself in a quite a normal situation like I yeah I was talking to my the guy who's next to me at the other art fair and I was like I can't remember how to say welcome I'm like oh like you know it's like certain like words that are really like classic that I don't know but yeah I know how to describe uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, Duolingo is a good one for that. You like can't say the basics, but you can tell someone that the dogs open the fridge. Yeah. But uh, so what else is in the what else is in the pipeline? What's in the pipeline? Okay. What have we got to look uh, forward to? Um, well, we've got a film that I've written. Mm-hmm. To look forward to. I am doing a solo show at Ben Oakley Gallery in June, tenth oh, of June, down in Greenwich, which is particularly exciting because it's 10 years since my first solo show there like wow. almost to the date that's great uh, and then I'm going out to Copenhagen to paint a mural out there oh, amazing. I'm looking forward to with That'd Ben Slay yeah nice um, I'm organising a mural um, a festival might be a strong word but a, a series of murals in uh, Sheffield with Mark McClure as oh, part amazing. of um, the cultural industries quarter um, yeah yeah, sort of bringing um, a bit of life back to an area that's been decimated by the pandemic and mm. uh, getting some creativity back in the streets. Yeah, amazing. So the other art fair is on just for this weekend, right? Um, yeah, it's uh, so today as we speak is Saturday and it finishes tomorrow on Sunday. Okay, cool. So anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't been has missed it, but... <laughs> <laughs> great, great advert. Like, yeah, great advert. But for it's it. back. Um, I yeah, I I fully intend to be back for another one. Yeah, but the Ben Oakley show sounds like something that like I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, especially after like like you say like ten years. Like I I've you know I've obviously been following your work over that time and doing stuff like um, that you've been involved in and just yeah seeing the 
development of your work over the, over the time has been like a real privilege to see how That's how much okay. it's like just um, steadily and slowly adapted, but the kind of the roots and the structure are kind of the same. The um, the overall idea is just so much more kind of refined and polished now, isn't it? Yeah, I think, and it will be interesting because I love that show that I did, and yeah, I showed my um, film things changed in the gallery, right. changed in the gallery, and like had like. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of work based on the area. It'd be so interesting. I think because like my work is about change and about like places, and mm-hmm. then like to revisit a place ten years on and see like how it has changed. But then, like you say, like not just how the place has changed, how how I've changed and how yeah, yeah my style's developed. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, that would be really cool. So looking forward to that. Joe, it's been so thanks for taking the time. I know like you're on a kind of flying visit down here, so I really appreciate you taking the time to come and have a little chat. Oh no, thanks for thanks for talking. It's good to catch up. Yeah, thanks so much. Um shall have a pint in the pride? Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much for listening and as always you can let us know what you think in the Instagram post about this episode and you can also check out the episode description for more info about Joe and her social media channels. Remember to give us a five stars on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. Next up, we'll be chatting to Greg and Lara from the Basement Space Gallery. So make sure that you're tuned in for that. This has been the Alternative London podcast with me, Gary Means. Thanks as ever to Stu Ballingall for the editing and to The Glasshouse for squeezing us in at such short notice. See you soon.